Welcome to Aging in Arizona, a show dedicated to educating listeners about current healthcare topics and local services. Now, here are your hosts, Presley Reeder and Mark Young. Good afternoon and welcome to Aging in Arizona here on 960 The Patriot, where we talk about the joys and the challenges of growing older in this great state. And we talk to local experts about what they see happening as people age and the services that are available uh, to them and their loved ones. I am Presley Reeder, and I am very glad to have our guest, Cindy Vargo, Regional Director from the Desert Southwest Chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. Cindy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Presley. I'm also really glad to have my co-host, Mark Young, with me this afternoon. Mark, how are you doing? Great. Presley, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. And how are your parents doing? My parents are well. You know, as preparing for this show and knowing that we were going to have Cindy on with the Alzheimer's Association, I was uh, talking to my folks. And one of the things that my <laughs> parents are really trying to do is keep their uh, brains stimulated. So they do a lot of brain games, a lot of brain activities. My mom has recently been spending an inordinate amount of time at McDonald's. Uh, McDonald's, near where she lives, has these video games set up that uh, I thought were intended for kids, but my mom is consuming all the time uh, and I may be kicking the kids out. I don't know what she's doing, but she's playing these games because she believes it's going to uh, help her brain health down the road. So, Is this just like the little Nintendo Xbox 360 games that they have? They're little, you know, move the balls around, match up the colors, uh-huh. match the numbers. And so she's, she's, you know, she feels like if she does that, it keeps her brain active. Maybe she can avoid Alzheimer's. We'll talk to Cindy more about that during the show. It sounds like a great Christmas present, actually. <laughs> Maybe she could do it at home. Keep her out of McDonald's. There you so. go. Uh, but nonetheless, um, thank you, Cindy, for being here. But uh, we need to first thank our sponsor. The show is possible because of Comfort Care Home Care. Uh, Comfort Care provides the care you need in the best place of all, your home. Call Comfort Care at 602 602- Four three eight one three zero zero, or visit their website at www.comforcare.com to find out more about how one of their caregivers can assist you and your loved ones and to continue to live safely and independently in the best place of all, your home. Great. Thanks a lot, Mark. I wanted to talk a little bit about this uh, topic today before we get to our, our guest's bio. It is just a topic that is becoming more and more prevalent in our discussion as a society, which I am personally thrilled about, and I know Cindy is as well, because it is so important. Uh, More than 5 million Americans are living with Alzheimer's now, and every 67 seconds, someone in the United States develops Alzheimer's. It's a really uh, far-reaching disease. It's growing more and more people and more and more families are being affected by it. And another difficult statistic is that Alzheimer's is now the sixth leading cause of death in the United States with, I know, projections for that to uh, continue to rise. So, um, Mark, I know I want to let you introduce Cindy, but I want our listeners to hear the magnitude of uh, this disease. And I want you to hear... The, the excitement and the hope also when we talk to Cindy about uh, progress that's being made and what the Alzheimer's Association is doing about it. 
Absolutely, Preston. I got to tell you, this might be one of the easiest shows that uh, we may do, just because you know, you and I both uh, we spend uh, we dedicate a lot of our time volunteering to Alzheimer's Association. We both assist in uh, raising money uh, for a great cause. Mm. Uh, one of the stats that sticks out for me, because you know, I'm going to keep up with you on the statistics, is sure. one in seven are living at home alone. One in seven uh, who've been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Yes, and that's just crazy. But anyway, let's get to our guest. Cindy here, she has 20-plus years of nonprofit experience and has been with the uh, Alzheimer's Association as the Central Regional Director since since 2008. Got a lot of zeros in here, typos. Uh, But she uh, has been with the communities of the schools of Arizona, the Easter Seals, and the Girl Scouts of America, all fantastic and great organizations. Uh, she has a degree from ASU and BYU, but I know Presley, uh, you always like to know a little bit more about our uh, our guests, so we'll kind of throw that in. So, Cindy, thank you for being here. Tell us a little bit about yourself, personally. Well, I actually, my personal life is kind of consumed by my work in nonprofit, uh, in the nonprofit arena. Um, it is my passion. Um, started out working with kids uh, at the Girl Scouts. And worked there for about 16 years. Um, moved here to uh, the Phoenix area, and uh, was involved with uh, an HIV/AIDS service organization for a while. Uh, then got involved with kids again through communities and schools, and uh, realized that I'd actually never worked with people who were kind of my age uh, people. Uh, around areas that were of concern to them and and realized that so many of my friends, um, parents and uh, their partners, their spouses, actually were being diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease or some type of uh, dementia such as that. And when the opportunity came up for me to be involved uh, with the Alzheimer's Association, I kind of jumped at it. I, you know, taking all the years that that I had put into nonprofit work uh, and funneled that to the Alzheimer's Association, and my family was was excited about that, um, sort of. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm excited about being at the Alzheimer's Association. You said you came to for the to the valley. Where are you from originally? So I actually grew in, up in upstate New York, and um, lived in California for a while. Um, as I got older, uh, went to school um, in Utah. Lived in Utah. Uh, as long as I lived in upstate New York. Um, so I lived in Salt Lake City, and then we moved from Salt Lake City about 15 years ago. I'm going to ask, where at in upstate New York? Um, just south of Ithaca. Okay. So, okay, excellent. By so, the Finger Lakes. Uh, beautiful area. Yeah, that is a beautiful area. I have a friend from up there. I want to talk now, so just give us an overview of the association. I, all people hear Alzheimer's Association, they hear nonprofit. What is the mission of the association? So um, really, the association is all about providing support for caregivers and individuals who have um, Alzheimer's disease and related dementia. I know that our name is the Alzheimer's Association, but our real name on our 501c3, all that paperwork that you have to give the government, is the Alzheimer's Association and Related Disorders. So uh, it's, it's all kinds of related dementia. So if you have Lewy body or frontotemporal or any other kind of uh, dementia that causes memory loss, we provide programs and services for them and for their caregivers in helping them to uh, make this journey just a little bit easier uh, for diseases 
like Alzheimer's disease, where there is no cure for for this disease, disease no way to slow it down, um, and no way to prevent it. And that's the scary part about this disease. Yeah, you touched on a couple of things there that I want to make sure we don't miss. One is that there are related disorders. So Alzheimer's disease is probably the most well-known. Why is it, of, of all these different dementias, they all fun, fall under the term dementia, right? Absolutely. Uh, dementia is kind of an umbrella term for memory loss. And there are hundreds of different types of dementia. Some of them are reversible. Some of them are not. Um, you can have dementia because you have a lack of vitamin B12, you have thyroid problems, uh, that's sort of an issue. Um, but dementias like um, Alzheimer's disease are not reversible. Alzheimer's disease is a progressive degenerative brain disease. It's, it's not just about getting older. It is actually a, a brain disease, and it's not reversible. And the reason that so much attention is placed, I think, on Alzheimer's disease is that it's the most common of all dementias. About 70% of the people who have um, a non-reversible dementia have Alzheimer's disease. And many individuals who have other types of, of dementias that are non-reversible also will get Alzheimer's disease in addition to the other type of dementia they have. So it's absolutely the most prevalent. I see. So it's the most prevalent. It's the most well-known of literally hundreds of them. The second piece that you said was that it's not reversible, so there is no cure. So when you say support for individuals and caregivers, can you give us an idea of what you mean by that? So it's about emotional support. It's about um, knowledge about the disease uh, and the disease progression. It's about um, support for caregivers in how to work with an individual that might have some challenging behaviors or communication issues caused by the disease. Um, it's helping people to plan for the future. And um, so they're not making decisions in a crisis mode as the disease progresses. Uh, those types of, of supports. And, and a lot of emotional support. It's a, it's a especially tough disease in that... Um, as the years go by, um, that person slips away more and more. And so uh, I've heard it described as the long goodbye. So you almost every day you have to say goodbye to a part of that person that you love because it's lost to the disease and the disease progression. Uh, I have mm. not heard that. I got to tell you, um, you know, because I am so close to this the, with, the, with the clients that I work with, it, I've never heard that term. My, I think my heart just skipped a little beat, the long goodbye. Uh, you know, one thing I'd like to do, and Presley, and I know a lot of times, uh, you know, we usually get into organizations and associations. We talk about a little bit about the funding towards the end of the show, but I think it's kind of important that maybe we talk a little bit about that now. Because I know uh, when I came in to ask you to see if you would be willing to come on the radio show, I caught you at a, a, a crucial part of time. Uh, I, I think you're working on something like 22 active grant applications. So tell me a little bit about the, the funding that, uh, that, that you guys work on. Absolutely. Um, funding is important. We have a big walk coming up, and we'll maybe talk about that later. Uh, that's our biggest fundraising event that we have. We do fundraising so that we can offer all of our programs and services absolutely free um, to anyone who needs those services. And um, in, in addition, um, we write grants uh, to cities. We're, we're fortunate enough that a lot of the cities feel like um, Alzheimer's disease is important enough that they fund us. Uh, we write grants to corporations, to foundations, 
um, about a third of the money that we receive and that we use uh, for services actually comes from grants. About a third of the dollars that we raise come from special events and about a third from individual donations. So um, every, every portion of where we get dollars is important to us. We don't get money just from the government. Um, as a matter of fact, we get very little governmental dollars, so we're fortunate enough to, to have a lot of individuals who support us in, in many different ways. I know we're coming up on a break here, but uh, one of the unique things, too, that maybe we can carry over is uh, the amount of monies that actually stay here in Arizona is uh, kind of unique to Alzheimer's, and maybe we can start with that when we come back. Absolutely. Uh, we're having a great conversation here with Cindy Vargo from the Alzheimer's Association, and we ask you to stick with us and as we come back and talk more with her after the break. You're listening to Aging on Arizona, Aging in Arizona on 960 The Patriot. Twitter can get confusing and congested with lots of stuff you don't need or want. So let 960 The Patriots tweets that matter vet out all the chirping. We follow the important names and only retweet the information that you want to know about. Get commentary on and retweets from the likes of Mark Levin, Fox News, and Breitbart, and all of your local politicians and national pundits. We do the legwork, and all you have to do is follow us on Twitter today. Twitter.com slash 960 The Patriot. Comfort Care Home Care, a premier provider of home care services, is a proud sponsor of the Aging in Arizona show on 960 The Patriot. If you or a loved one needs support at home, the experienced and compassionate caregivers of Comfort Care can provide a wide variety of companion and personal care services, including assistance with bathing, grooming, mobility, transportation, and meal preparation. They also provide services such as Alzheimer's care, medication reminders, and safety supervision for fall prevention. Come for Care services are available throughout the greater Phoenix area and can assist you or your loved one for a few hours a week or 24 hours a day. Call today to learn how Come for Care can support your family with the highest level of care. 602-438-1300. Again, that's 602-438-1300. Come for Care Home Care. Supporting independence, dignity, and quality of life. This is David Davenport of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. Can you guess the one key difference in how liberal and conservative parents raise their children? Actually, you don't have to guess. A recent survey by the Pew Foundation tells us. Despite significant similarity in what conservative and liberal parents try to teach their children being responsible, well-mannered, hardworking, and the like. The striking difference is liberal parents' strong emphasis on tolerance versus conservative parents emphasizing religious values. Liberal parents value the teaching of tolerance three or four times more than conservative parents, whereas conservatives value the teaching of religion two to one over liberals. It would appear that liberal parents are prevailing, with studies showing young people less committed to absolute truth. The founders held that to maintain a free republic, a virtuous people was needed, which in turn depended on religion. Time will tell whether a free society can be maintained where tolerance is a higher virtue than religious truth. I'm David Davenport. This townhall.com commentary is brought to you by the Salem Radio Network. Okay, forest animals, today is a new day. Kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow. Yes? Have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. Okay, River. Dude. 
How's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. Perfect for a little riverside shoeless relaxation. Ah, good. Owl, you here? Course. Who, who's asking? I am. Look, you know the drill. Sleep during the day, scare the kids at night. Perfect. I love my job. Uh, Oak Tree? What's up? Still in the same place I left you last year. That's what I like. Consistency. Well, it's not like I'm going anywhere for the next couple hundred years. I know. I love it. Uh, Turtle. Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Ugh, he's late every morning. You'd think he would have learned by now to leave the night before our meetings. Okay. Squirrel, has anybody seen Mr. Squirrel? The forest has been preparing just for you. Visit a forest near you today. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Me, a cat, moving in with a new human. It took a little getting used to. She has these weird games she likes to play, like this giant feather. She sticks it in my face. I swat it away. She sticks it in my face. I swat it away. It's almost like she thinks I enjoy it. But seeing how much fun she gets out of it, well, I guess it makes it all worth it. Humans. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Welcome back to Aging in Arizona, brought to you by Comfort Care Home Care. Comfort Care provides the care you need in the best place of all, your home. I am Presley Reader, your host, here with my co-host, Mark Young, and we have Cindy Vargo with us today, Regional Director from the Desert Southwest Chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. Before we went to the break, we were talking about the funding that uh, the Alzheimer's Association pursues and receives and I wanted to make sure, uh, Mark, you got a chance to follow up with Cindy on percentages that we were talking about during the break. And then how is that money used once the association gets it? You know, I, I'm just going to pass that right through. That's the kind of what I was looking for. So, Absolutely. We're, we're, we're actually very proud. We're we're pretty uh, lean organization as far as what we spend our dollars on. Our biggest expense, of course, are for our staff members because we do direct services. That's what we're all about is direct services for individuals. And um, more than 86% of every dollar um, that we raise goes to direct service. Here in, 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 in this area? Yes. And, yes. I, th- and I think that's pretty significant because uh, a lot of times we see a lot of that money going to other causes, o- other overhead. Uh, 86% staying at home, helping the people that are in your neighborhood. Uh, I, I think that's huge. And again, how are we helping those people in the neighborhood? You mentioned support for individuals and caregivers. Can you give us a couple of your, your programs? Sure. Uh, we have six core programs that we provide services through. Um, we have a 24-7 helpline. Um, it's a confidential personal telephone support, um, email support um, that provides information and referrals to local resources and um, emotional support for family members who are caregivers and individuals who may, for example, have been just diagnosed and know nothing about the disease. Oftentimes, a doctor will diagnose someone and say, okay, here's a prescription for some medication. Come back and see me in six months. And then the individual knows nothing except for the horror stories they've heard about this disease. Uh, We do a program called Family Care Consultation, uh, which is personal individual guidance um, for care and resources for families. Um, It helps them to develop a plan to address their immediate needs, but also, most importantly, to plan for the future so they're not making decisions in a a crisis mode. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of planning that needs to go into 
what's going to happen in the future for someone with, with this disease. Um, support groups, and I know you all have been involved in support groups that, that we have. They're small groups of um, individual caregivers or individuals with the disease that meet together and they share information, they learn skills, they offer support to each other, um, and um, talk about issues related to dementia and, and what they're going through. We also do about 450 different educational programs just in the valley here. Um, and these educational programs are all about increasing awareness about the disease, um, knowledge about the disease, um, support for families in developing skills that caregivers might need as they care for the individual with this disease. Remember, this is a progressive disease and the person loses skills every day um, as the disease progresses. There are, uh, in this country, 15.4, I think, million caregivers in this country trying to provide care for individuals at home. 85% of the people who have this disease live at home and are cared for by family and friends. Can you, I'm going to ask a question right there. Can you define what a caregiver is? So a caregiver is the individual that would be there to provide emotional support and physical support for an individual who has this disease, uh, a, a caregiver's responsibility. So if a person is diagnosed early enough in this disease process, I guess I would call that individual a, a, a care partner at that point. Um, the individual doesn't really need someone to help them with everything. But as the disease progresses, um, the individual will lose um, skills to remember things. They won't be able to drive anymore. They won't be able to even take the bus because they, they can't remember the bus routes. Uh, they won't be able to make their own food. They won't, at some point as it progresses, they even won't be able to, to eat. Uh, they won't be able to dress themselves. Progressively, this disease causes the individual to lose all of their skills until they need 24-7 care. And that's what that caregiver does right, and, and I know that's a. It, it's probably kind of a silly question. Uh, you know, what is a caregiver? But the, the reason I was kind of asking that is because I think a lot of us don't realize that when you have a family member that has this dreaded disease, that they are a caregiver, even if they're, you know, in upstate New York. You know what? They're they're involved with you know financial. They're involved with you know checking in. They're I mean they are indirectly caregivers. So really, the point I'm trying to make is just. This affects everybody. Absolutely. So Absolutely. It's just not the mother or the father that's taking care of this. This is, you know, we, Presley, we talk about this quite a bit. I mean, it really becomes a village of, you know, of the, of the support team that needs to come together. So we, we hope that it becomes a village. Um, unfortunately, many times what happens is that single caregiver gets isolated. Mm -hmm. um, they spend all of their time, they don't eat right, they don't go to the doctor, they don't take care of themselves and may end up dying before that individual with the disease because it is so stressful and they don't have the support of other people and that's why they need to call us as an organization to get connected with support groups, with education classes, to um, really be involved with other people and develop that new social support system because this is not the kind of disease that you can go it alone. This is not an army of one type disease. Hmm. Indeed. And you were talking, Cindy, about the support groups. I had the distinct privilege of speaking to one of those groups uh, a couple of weeks ago. And to watch these people 
who are all in a common situation as caregivers, their family caregivers who are caring for a loved one, go around the room and talk about their experiences, share the joys and the challenges of caring for a loved one, and then see their fellow group members offer helpful tips, share their own stories, cry with them, um, was really moving for me to see how these folks who really were strangers and brought together by this disease and this common experience were then able to support one another. Every single one of them ended their comment with, I couldn't have done it without this group. I, and I just want to thank you. So I, you know, what I see here in your programs is you've created a village of services, a village of programs to meet the needs of these families. Are there any in particular that you're seeing that are really, really benefiting folks or across the board? I think that, you know, we've narrowed it down to the six services. I think Mm -hmm. that um, I I didn't mention that our newest program uh, as of a couple of years ago is our early stage programs um, for individuals who are newly diagnosed, um, whether they're older or they have younger onset. And what people may not realize is there is a whole group of people who are diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease who are younger than 65. We always think that it's just older people, uh, but there are more than a half million people in the United States alone that are diagnosed with this disease as early as in their 30s, but oftentimes in their 40s and 50s. They oftentimes have young kids at at home. I had a, Mm -hmm. a young woman who was in my office um, a couple of months ago, who was in... I want to hear that story. Okay. Cindy, I'm sorry to jump in here, but we're going to have to go okay. to break. But I want to hear about that early onset when we get back and about the future, some research when we return. You're listening to Aging in Arizona on 960 The Patriot. When I get old, losing my head many If you or a loved one needs support at home, the experienced and compassionate caregivers of ComfortCare Home Care can provide a wide variety of companion and personal care services, including assistance with bathing, grooming, mobility, transportation, and meal preparation. They also provide services such as Alzheimer's care, medication reminders, and safety supervision for fall prevention. I would like to thank you for your assistance. We particularly appreciated you getting the caregiving set up so quickly and for the compassion and personal touch you added. My dad told me he feels a lot better mentally and emotionally, and you've been an instrumental part of that. Comfort Care services are available throughout the greater Phoenix area and can assist you or your loved one for a few hours a week or 24 hours a day. Call today to learn how Comfort Care can support your family with the highest level of care. 602-438-1300. Again, that's 602-438-1300. Comfort Care Home Care. Supporting independence, dignity, and quality of life. When it comes to replacing the most expensive appliance in your home, your air conditioner, you need to choose a company and brand name you trust. In the Valley area, there are dozens of brands and hundreds of companies. How do you choose? Michael Leah here again from Benefit Air to remind you that at Benefit, we use top quality brands like Train and can back our installations with a full 10-year parts and labor warranty. This assures you that you will get the best quality, performance, and efficiency out of your new air conditioning system. Remember, you're not just paying for an air conditioner, you're investing in peace of mind and comfort. And as an APS and SRP qualified contractor, we can offer you the utility rebates that make it beneficial to move up to a higher energy efficiency system. Ask us about our train systems that can earn you utility rebates, factory rebates, or qualify for zero interest financing. 
Then, ask around about Benefit Air Conditioning and our level of quality, dependability, customer service, and fair pricing, and you will see that the choice is easy. Just call 602-840-9229. That's 602-840-9229. Or find us on the web at BenefitAir.com. Experience the benefit of choosing Benefit Air. Take an ordinary putty knife and scrape off the old wax ring. Place the new wax ring over the flange, then line up the bolts with a bowl and gently set in place, making sure a proper seal is created with the flange and drain. Next. Um, Dad? Uh, yeah, sweetie. Is that an old plumbing manual? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, honey. We really need to get some new books. Right, um, do, do you want me to stop? Nah, I kind of want to know how it ends. Okay, tighten the bolts, line up the flushing valve to the opening in the top of the bowl, and secure the tank with a screwdriver and crescent wrench. <laughs> the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I, I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny I up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be a... 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Good afternoon and welcome back to Aging in Arizona, brought to you by Comfort Care Home Care. Comfort Care provides the care you need in the best place of all, your home. I am your host, Presley Reeder, here with my co-host, Mark Young, and we are joined today by Cindy Vargo, Regional Director from the Desert Southwest Chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. We've been having a great conversation with Cindy about the programs that the Alzheimer's Association offers, and right before the break, Cindy was making a point about early onset Alzheimer's, which is that folks are being diagnosed earlier uh, than sixty than age sixty-five. Most of us, I think, all, uh, think of Alzheimer's appropriately as being a disease that affects the elderly. Um, but Cindy, you were saying there's young families, people in their forties, are being diagnosed. Absolutely, I was mentioning that an individual was in my office um, a couple of months ago. Um, and in tears, um, had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. And um, what she said was, uh, through her tears, I, I, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be talking to you. I should be at a PTA meeting. And that's absolutely right. She has young children mm -hmm. still, a uh, 10-year-old. Wow. So it's, it's, it's very, very difficult for those families to right. go through Right, add this. that challenge on top of all the other challenges we've been discussing already on the show. I can only imagine what that family must be going through. Um, I want to talk about hope then. And that's let's right. transition into research and the future of this disease because I think a lot of people are wondering, 
what is going to happen down the road for me? There are so many of my friends that are going through this. Is there research going on? Is the association involved in that? Absolutely. There's a lot of research going on um, locally. The uh, local chapters really are focused on providing um, support for caregivers and individuals going through the disease process and that journey of the disease. Um, we are part of a national organization, the National Alzheimer's Association, and at that level, they're the ones that are involved in research. They are the largest funders, private funders of research for Alzheimer's disease in the nation, and they are also involved in advocacy on a federal level. Um, the advocacy really uh, is focused on getting the government to um, allocate more monies to, to research for Alzheimer's disease. Um, an example is Alzheimer's disease research dollars uh, amounted to less than $500 million this last year, but for other diseases, um, it was over $5 billion. Mm. And we're the sixth leading cause of death. So we, and it's, and um, we're moving up on that scale. So we really need to advocate for more dollars to be spent. And I've seen that scale. We're the only ones that are moving up. Every, every one of those programs that are ahead of us, they're actually on the decline. So. Exactly. Um, you know, there, there are huge increasing costs for health care, for Medicare. We're crippling Medicare, um, an individual with Alzheimer's disease. And, and, and Mark, you mentioned earlier, one out of every seven people who has Alzheimer's disease lives alone. So they're dependent on themselves and their memory if they also have diabetes or heart disease or whatever to take their pills to go to the doctor. Well, they, don't, they can't remember that. And so they use three times more Medicare than an individual who doesn't have Alzheimer's disease. And so it, it, it's a huge challenge when you look at five million people in this country. Uh, you're going to like this person. I actually have the stats on that too. So Last year in 2013, uh, the federal government through Medicare spent $200 billion on Alzheimer's. Wow. And if you, if you streamline that with, with Cynthia, you haven't talked about the, you know, the, the, what the numbers are looking like for the future. Uh, you know, right now we're at like 5.4 million people. That's expected to grow to something like 15. Uh, if, you, if you just do easy math. That two hundred billion is going to be one point two trillion dollars. But we've only spent less than five hundred million dollars on research. So, right. what's the economics that goes with that? I, yeah. I got to tell you, when I'm out and I and I'm doing education, I, I talk about what is now known as the silver tsunami. Yes, and that's exactly this this tidal wave of people that are, are reaching the ages where statistically uh, they are more prone to have Alzheimer's or some version of, of dementia. And, you know, and I've already talked about the numbers, but I mean, this has the potential of uh, bankrupting our country unless we do something. Yeah, absolutely. So and we're going to talk more. Uh, I know in our last segment about how you can get involved, how you can advocate on behalf of the association to get more research dollars pointed in their direction. I want to applaud the association because at the end of the day, every not for profit, I believe, should be in the business of ending whatever they're trying to deal with. So if you're doing poverty, you want to end poverty. The association won't have to exist once we've ended Alzheimer's. We hope. Exactly. Yes. That's the hope. So we're, we're researching. At the same time, we're providing amazing services to the folks who are going through it right now. And that uh, we want to talk again about those programs and services to folks 
for folks that are experiencing the disease at the moment. When we come back, we have one more segment with uh, Cindy Vargos from the Alzheimer's Association. You are listening to Aging in Arizona on 960 The Patriot. On June 12, 1987, the President of the United States drew a line in the sand for the Soviet Union. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Fast forward to 2014 when this President lays down the law to Russia, and this happens. This is what happens when you have this crazy notion that the U.S. is not really the leader of the free world and should stop leading from out front. Listen to this station to learn how we are going to get out of this mess. Intelligent Talk 960. The Patriot. Comfort Care Home Care, a premier provider of home care services, is a proud sponsor of the Aging in Arizona show on 960 The Patriot. If you or a loved one needs support at home, the experienced and compassionate caregivers of Comfort Care can provide a wide variety of companion and personal care services, including assistance with bathing, grooming, mobility, transportation, and meal preparation. They also provide services such as Alzheimer's care, medication reminders, and safety supervision for fall prevention. Come for Care services are available throughout the greater Phoenix area and can assist you or your loved one for a few hours a week or 24 hours a day. Call today to learn how Comfort Care can support your family with the highest level of care. 602-438-1300. Again, that's 602-438-1300. Come for Care Home Care. Supporting independence, dignity, and quality of life. What does your family do for fun? Tom Brown here. Looking for something for the whole family to do can be difficult and pricey. I know I've looked. When Mary and I go out, we look for ways that we can have fun without breaking the bank. My friends at Castles and Coasters have come up with a great solution. They've set up a night of fun for the entire family. Unlimited rides, Mary's favorite, great entertainment, and more. All for only $15 per person. That's $10 off each ticket Friday, October 24th, starting at 6 p.m. And hey, if your church has a band that would like to perform, Castles and Coasters wants to hear from you. Visit castlesandcoasters.com or call 602-997-7575. Remember, Friday, October 24th, starting at 6 p.m. Unlimited rides, great entertainment, maybe your church band, and more for only $15 per person. castlesandcoasters.com or 602-997-7575. castlesandcoasters.com. The Michael Medved Show. They're not necessarily cold-hearted. They just sincerely believe that if we give more tax breaks to a fortunate few and we invest less in the middle class, then somehow the economy will boom and jobs and prosperity will trickle down to everybody. Mr. President or anyone out there, can you find any, I mean any, documentation to say that what uh, conservatives want to do, that what Republicans want to do, is to give more tax breaks to the wealthy and the privileged? That's something we want to do? Actually, every single Republican tax reform resulted in wealthy people paying more, not less. Now, why did they end up paying more? Partially because they got more wealthy, because the economy grew. This is one of those things that works like clockwork. The Michael Medved Show, weekdays at noon, right before Hugh Hewitt at 3, on Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. 
If you're looking for the latest videos, audio, and articles from the top political minds from around the country, like Jonah Goldberg, Thomas Sowell, Michelle Malkin, and many more, then The Patriot has you covered. Just log on to 960thepatriot.com today. Looking to know what's up on The Dennis Prager Show? Like 960 The Patriot on Facebook for daily show updates. 960 The Patriot. Welcome back to Aging in Arizona. Aging in Arizona is brought to you by Comfort Care Home Care. Comfort Care can bring a caregiver to your home four hours a week or 24 hours a day to help you with transportation, bathing, meal preparation, and more. All designed to help you stay in the best place of all, your home. I am your host, Presley Reader. I'm here with my co-host, Mark Young, and Cindy Vargos from the Alzheimer's Association. We've been talking about all the different programs that the association offers. We talked most recently in our last segment about research and the exciting uh, research that's happening that the association is supporting both here locally and nationwide. Uh, We talked about the need for increased advocacy for more support, uh, federal dollars, all kinds of dollars to support uh, Alzheimer's research so that we can cure, uh, we can find a cure for this disease. And I wanted to just say that I was recently at the Alzheimer's Association conference. Uh, They put on amazing educational conferences all around the state. And one of their larger ones uh, happened and I was able to attend. And one of the doctors I remember who presented at that conference said that he wanted all of us in Arizona to know that we are at the uh, metaphorical tip of the spear, so to speak, on research and uh, learning around Alzheimer's disease. And it makes sense because of our population here. We have a large senior population, but we also have a, an incredibly talented and gifted and passionate group of professionals, both in the healthcare field and otherwise, who are committed to making sure that Arizona is leading the charge on Alzheimer's research. So I want to applaud the association for that. I want to just let our listeners know that you live in a state that is really at the forefront of some exciting developments around this disease. Uh, Mark, I'll pass it over to you. I know uh, you you had something you wanted to review as well, circle back on. Well, actually, I was just going to take it back to a simpler level. So, you know what, those that, uh, you know, were busy with their lives, uh, you know, this isn't on the tip of their mind. And then all of a sudden that day happens where, you know what, I'm seeing something that's changed with mom and dad. Uh, they seem to be getting a little forgetful versus, you know, what is forgetfulness versus something else. So, you know, Cindy, I wanted to ask, you know, you have your, your hotline, your helpline. I either I am concerned that mom and dad may have Alzheimer's or I'm seeing stuff or, you know what, maybe we're a little further and Yeah, we know something's going on. How, how do we get to you and, and how can you help out? So I mentioned earlier that we have a 24-7 helpline. Um, that's probably the very best way to contact us. Um, we actually pick up the helpline here locally from 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. Our national office runs a contact center uh, that picks up the helpline. They have MSWs, who, uh, people who are masters in social work. Excellent. Um, Thank you. I always jump in on those acronyms, <laughs> MSW. You clarify yeah. that, masters in social work. Who can provide emotional support, and they also uh, send the information to us if they answer the phone at um, 3 in the morning when you call on Sunday morning or whenever you get up the courage to call. 
Uh, but if you could, you call that helpline number, it's 1-800-272-3900. It's 1-800-272-3900. And I want to tell our listeners, just so they know, that we're going to have this information on our website, which is www.agingnaz.com, so that the, the phone number will be there, links to all the information you're going to share. So go ahead. Absolutely. And, and so you can get a hold of us 24-7. So if it's three in the morning on Christmas. And, and Mark, you were mentioning, if, if you notice your parents, this is the time of year um, at the holidays when you haven't seen your parents for uh, a year or two years since you've been home for Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever, when we will get calls from uh, children saying, I'm worried about my mom. Um, this is what I noticed. And, and that fits in. If you re- remember, Presley, when we had our sponsor uh, on uh, a little while ago, he talked about the busiest week of the year for him is usually starting January 1. Yes. That's right. That's right. Now, I do want to jump in on that because one of the things that I get to do with the association is teach uh, a uh, educational course called uh, the 10 Early Signs, uh, Early Detection. Mm-hmm. And so what Alzheimer's, what the association is trying to do is help people be educated about what are the early warning signs that someone may be uh, diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And I think there's a lot of fear out there that just because I go home at the holidays and mom can't remember where her glasses are uh, or can't find something at the house doesn't that she has Alzheimer's. Absolutely. And, and you know, um, unfortunately, as we get older, we do tend to forget a little more. We tend to forget people's names a little bit or whatever. But Alzheimer's disease is very different. If I've always misplaced my keys and I can't retrace where I had, when I had them last. I can't think about that. So for example, I came home, I uh, went to the restroom first, because as we get older, we have to do that too. But, um, and, and I left them in the bathroom, and that's not where I usually keep them. I can retrace my steps and say, oh yeah, that's what I did. But when I can't remember when I had them last, that's when you, you get concerned. So there are, are definite signs that are different than usual normal forgetfulness. Um, you know, if, if I find my keys in the freezer, if I find them in the oven, if I find the milk uh, in the cupboard, those yeah. kinds of things are, are the troubling signs. And we could probably spend a whole show on just doing absolutely. the different. We so. absolutely could. It's a, but go to one right. of our classes. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, um, um, Presley will do another class on the 10 warning signs. And it's so important. People have said that uh, in 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 surveys that have been done recently that they are more afraid of getting Alzheimer's disease than anything else. Mm. That is their biggest fear over dying, cancer, everything else is getting Alzheimer's disease. Even over public speaking. So so people do tend to, yes, (laughs) they do tend to overreact a little bit about Alzheimer's disease. Well, yeah. Uh, And we don't want people to be living in fear unnecessarily. And your educational courses do an incredible job of shedding light on a very, a topic, like you said, that's causing people the most fear of any topic out there. So uh, I I interrupted your process there. Call the hotline. You encourage people to do that if they think there's something going on. Yes, call, call call the helpline. And even if you just think there's something going on, we have a lot of literature. We'll be happy to send you information about what the 10 warning signs are, what to look for, what not to panic about, um, and what to do if you think that there's a problem, which is about going to the doctor and 
having an assessment done. Mm-hmm. And you did talk about in the first segment a little bit about, you know what, a, a B12 deficiency. I mean, a lot of signs out there that look like Alzheimer's, but probably probably could be something else. Absolutely. And, and I'm going to speak to the, your hotline again. Um, you know, I get the opportunity to work with the, with the caregivers in, in the early stages. Uh, you know, I know you heard on the airways, you know, call it 3 o'clock in the morning on, on Christmas. Actually do, because I can tell you from, uh, you know, personal that we've had people in our group that, you know what, 2 o'clock in the morning, mother, father is going ballistic, and they don't know what to do. Step out of the room, call the helpline, and you know what? They can help get you through that. They they got tricks of the trade. They got tips that can you know help diffuse and and redirect. So two o'clock in the morning, feel free to call that number. Yeah, absolutely. I do want to say since I was in a support group last a uh, couple of weeks ago that if you are in danger, and this can happen, this is a situation where you have a loved one who has Alzheimer's and and they've become aggressive in any form, the helpline is not the place to call. 911 is the place to call. And I think that was a really important point that was made in the, in the caregiver support group because I think folks get into a different context like that where they have a loved one with, with Alzheimer's and they think they put it into a, well, this is a, something I call the Alzheimer's Association about because they're wielding a knife or they're coming after me physically, aggressively. No, the answer there is not the helpline. The answer is Call 911 immediately. Just want to make sure folks That's know that out good there. good information. So, Cynthia, we're a couple of weeks away from uh, your biggest fundraiser of the year. Why don't you tell us about it and how we can get involved? Absolutely. It's our walk to end Alzheimer's. And in the Valley here, we have two walks coming up, one on October 18th in uh, Sun City West at uh, Beardsley Recreation Center and one on November 8th, our largest walk, um, in Phoenix at Wesley Bolin Plaza. Um, you can find out information if you go to, you can, you can call the helpline. They'll actually tell you information about the walks. Uh, but you also can go to our website, which is alz.org slash DSW. So um, you can go there, you can sign up. Um, we all walk for different reasons. There are lots of walks that happen in the valley. Um, one of the things about Alzheimer's disease is this is a way to help us end the stigma around this disease. Even with 5 million people having this disease, there's huge stigma around it. People don't want to talk to other people. And coming to a walk like the Phoenix Walk where there are 9,000 people, and there literally were 9,000 people at the walk last year. I was there last year, and even though it is called a walk, if you don't have the ability or means to, to do the walk, come anyway. We have shortcuts. We have it, it comes in a big circle. So you know what? You don't even have to do it. Nobody's do you know punching any tickets. We're not running for time, uh, but be part of it. Absolutely. Um, people who come to the walk, there's it's a place to get emotional support. It's a place to remember those people who have died from the disease. But most of all, um, the reason that we walk and that we step up to that start line is because our eyes are set on one thing and that's um, the end of Alzheimer's disease. That's what we want to do. Um, Money raised at the walk, it is a fundraising event and that is important. Um, The money raised there goes to our full mission. Part of it goes to research and advocacy um, and uh, the largest portion stays here for local programs and services. Wow, fantastic. So again, way to get involved in the walk is to go to the website, A-L-Z 
dot org slash dsw for desert southwest and go there to find out more information about how to get involved how you can start the fundraising process and uh help with this walk um cindy wanted to ask if there's any other ways for folks to get involved besides the walk we talked earlier about advocacy can people contact their congressperson? Absolutely. Um, we actually have an advocacy committee here locally that you can be involved with. Um, this organization here, the, the Alzheimer's Association, the Desert Southwest chapter, could not provide the services uh, to people that we provide without the help and support of volunteers. We, in this chapter, have over a 1,000 active volunteers. Wow. They are the ones that help us run support groups. They're the ones that help us with our education classes. Um, they uh, support us in helping us know the pulse of the community. We have a very small staff. We have uh, fewer than 10 staff members in the greater Phoenix area to provide services. So without volunteer support, we would never be able to reach the more than 10,000 people that we serve every year. That's incredible. A thousand volunteers. I'm I'm one of those volunteers, and I thought I was a lot more important than apparently I am with 999 others out there doing great work. And I'll tell you, personally, as a volunteer, I think a lot of our listeners know this because a lot of our listeners are volunteers, but I will say that volunteering with the Alzheimer's Association is as beneficial to me, if not more, uh, as it is what I'm able to give to others. I am so blessed and encouraged every time I get a chance to educate or be a part of one of these support groups or be involved in any way as a volunteer. So thank you, Cindy, and your team for giving me that opportunity. Well, thank you, Presley and, and Mark, for all of the hard work that, that you put into this. Again, we would not be able to provide the, the amount of services that we provide to the community. This chapter reaches over 20,000 people every year. But the scary part is there's more than 120,000 people who've been diagnosed in this state with Alzheimer's disease. Oh my goodness. The, the numbers are staggering. We are running out of time, unfortunately. We are going to have to have the Alzheimer's Association back on the show. There's so much more to cover. We hope you found this information helpful. Cindy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, we'll have additional information on our website, www.aginginaz.com. Please visit us there and leave a comment. Uh, we want to hear from you about the topics you're interested in and uh, that we can get on the show in the future. So for my co-host, Mark Young, this is Presley Reader. I want to thank our sponsor, Comfort Care Home Care. I want to thank you for tuning in. I want to ask you to join us again next Sunday from 4 to 5 as we discuss the joys and the challenges of growing older here in Arizona. Again, we'll see you right here next Sunday at 4 on uh Aging in Arizona, you are listening to Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot.